Salutations. Welcome to Podmortem. I'm Renee Hunter-Vasquez, joined as always by my co-host, my husband, and my brother. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. Hi, I'm Travis Hunter. This week, we're recording live from the Bartok Science Industries party discussing the 1986 sci-fi horror film, The Fly. This film was directed by David Cronenberg with a screenplay by Cronenberg and Charles Edward Pogue adapted from the short story by George Langland. Taking the core of the short story in the 1958 adaptation starring Vincent Price, Cronenberg tells an entirely new story, which is just as compelling as it is horrific. The Fly beat out three other films on our April Patreon poll. Thank you to all of our patrons who participated and voted. And if you want to help us decide, join us over on the Patreon. So what did you guys think of The Fly the first time you saw it? I'd seen this movie a few times when I was a kid, but mm-hmm. like not enough to like understand what was going on. So watching it now, now that I'm not seven, <laughs> uh, the, I, this was fantastic. Like I remembered bits and pieces of it. I didn't remember the whole story, how things happened or whatever. I remembered kind of like that, you know, that part. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this was like a... I guess not, kind of, yeah, watching it for the first time through, you know, grown up eyes. And uh, this was fantastic. Like, this was great. <laughs> for being such like, not only just a well-known film, but an iconic horror film. Mm-hmm. Nay and I did not watch this as kids. <laughs> wow, really? Yeah. And I don't know how that worked out. As I was watching it for the first time, I watched it for the first time last year. And it made me think of how we talked about an American werewolf in London. Right. Where we knew all the cool shit from the movie, but we knew (laughs) (laughs) like nothing about anything. And that's how I felt watching this. I was like, oh, I know that effect, but who is that? Yeah. (laughs) What's happening? What's a status? You know, (laughs) but it's incredible. Yeah. Like this movie is so good. And it's not just creature effects, which are amazing. Yes. Don't get me wrong. And the body horror of Cronenberg is, I think, more frightening than a lot of ghosts, (laughs) you know? (laughs) But it's the emotional, almost tragic story. Yeah. It's it's great. Yeah. Um, It's funny because I was like, oh, I've seen that before. Like, I had to have watched that when I was a kid. And then I started watching it and I was like, nope. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen this. Um, We watched the... Vincent Price one. Exactly. Um, yeah. Not this one. <laughs> Come to find out, it's a very different story. Um, they take a few liberties. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> See, I've never seen the Vincent Price one, but I've seen this one. Mm. It's a completely different yeah, story. Yeah, they, <laughs> let's be they're clear. Like, we like the fly part <laughs> and the scientist. Everything else will uh, just yeah. do our own thing. <laughs> but like y'all said, it's fantastic i was yeah. completely blown away like i finished the movie and then i was texting my friend Kristen. have you watched it yet have you watched it yet have you ever seen this before when are you gonna watch it and she's like it's, she ordered it she's like it's on its way i'm like yeah. watch it um but yeah i was very impressed and it, like you said t it like has everything mm-hmm. like jeff goldblum he's fantastic and, yeah and the body horror um a love story mixed in Jeff Goldblum, um, <laughs> amazing effects, and Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> it's 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 great. I was completely blown away. And this having been made in 1986, there's there's something oddly timeless about this movie. It is like they use a lot of old technology from the 80s, but I'm not like. <laughs> 
like we yeah. were with uh, Scream. Yes. <laughs> you know, somehow it doesn't dampen your experience of it. You know what? I I agree with that because I didn't one time think <laughs> old ass computer. I was just no. like, oh shit, what's he That's doing? That's his computer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is what he works with. And yeah. yes. <laughs> I've accepted it. <laughs> I do want to uh, go back on what we had said a little bit earlier as far as it being an adaptation and a remake it's very hard for me to call this a remake i i totally agree i don't think it is a remake because it's so different you know <laughs> it's a rendition yes i saw on a making of documentary that it had started as a remake the hmm. yeah the initial idea was just to remake the fly from 1958 so pogue the screenwriter hooked up with his producer stuart kornfeld and they pitched it to fox mm-hmm. and it was just going to be a remake but with some things changed right but by the time Fox agrees, I, I laugh because it's so funny to me because after they wrote the first version of the script, right. Fox was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> never mind. And they were like, but you guys said, and they're like, well, we'll distribute it, but we're not paying for it. Yeah. <laughs> we said what we said. Exactly. So it sends Kornfeld to a very unlikely savior of this film, which is Mel Brooks. What? Yes. Amazing. He's given us so much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's nuts because he is so synonymous with comedy. Yeah. That it's so weird to even hear his name involved with this, especially with how fucking dark this movie yeah. is. Oh, yeah. But they, Mel Brooks is like, yeah, sure. And so they go through a bunch of different rewrites of the script. Eventually, they hire a director, Robert Bierman, who unfortunately had to drop out of the film because his daughter, I guess, passed away. Oh, no. So it's kind of born out of tragedy, this film, for how dark it becomes. You're like, well, all right, I guess that yeah. makes sense. Okay, right, honestly. Exactly. But they got to hire their first choice of director, which was David Cronenberg. So it all worked out in the end, but... Unfortunate. Unfortunate. Circumstances, uh, yeah. yeah. You know, and then they got Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> don't and, and it was a happy ending. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say take a shot every time I say that, but no, don't. No, you will be a corpse. <laughs> now, before we disintegrate and reintegrate this film, we would like to issue a warning for spoilers. Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast, and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, then let's transport. So we get an opening and a title card over some dramatic music. And I knew watching it that the music was really dramatic. And then John Paul was watching it last night in another room. And I'm like, God damn. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you don't have the context and you just hear the music, you're like, oh, shit. (laughs) It's like, God, but anyway. It is good music, though. It really I, is. Yeah. It is very dramatic. <laughs> um, but as the main credits show on the screen, we see out of focus movement behind it. And then the color corrects and we focus in and see that it's people at a party. Pretty neat. I thought it was pretty cool because you're because yeah. it, it's almost like squirming, it looks like. Right. And you're like, oh, it's fucking people. <laughs> like maggots. <laughs> exactly. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Bring that old Jim back. I did want to say one name that is conspicuously absent from the credits is Mel Brooks. Huh. He told them not to put his name on it because he didn't want people to think it was a comedy. Oh, Uh, all right. Which is like really admirable. It really is. But poor guy. Talk about being typecast. Like that sucks. Mm -hmm. Well, he broke out of it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you that much. So 
it starts properly with the face like head on shot of Seth Brundle played by Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> First off, love the hair. Absolutely. Yeah, the hair is... <laughs> it's everything. But he's saying that he's working on something that will change human life as we know it. Veronica Quaife, played by Gina Davis, does not at all seem impressed. Something that was very surprising to me, mm-hmm. it was according to this making of documentary, the studio basically told the producers, look, you want to hire Jeff Goldblum? That's a mistake, but we'll support you. But you're making a mistake and it's yours to make. Why? I think it was just a matter that he wasn't a marquee name. Uh, all right. But they, this movie belongs to Jeff Goldblum. Yes. Absolutely. No, yeah. Like I couldn't imagine anybody else playing no. Seth Brundle. No. But when Seth tells her he can't elaborate on his project here, he invites her back to his lab to show her and make cappuccinos, which sounds fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> She tells him that he doesn't get out much and he confirms that <laughs> she walks away. <laughs> he follows her saying she's making a mistake by leaving. And she's like, look, I have more interviews to do. And he's like, well, those people aren't changing the world as we know it. And she's like, well, they say they are. He goes, then they're lying, but I'm not. And I'd be like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> but we cut to Veronica driving a very queasy Seth back to his lab. So I guess she was also intrigued. Very easily convinced. Yeah. I well, I mean, that's that's a pitch. But everybody else is saying it. <laughs> well, yeah. they're not Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Fair point. But she pokes fun at him for being a bad drunk and he corrects her. It's motion sickness. He hates riding in vehicles. And as they pull up to the lab, he opens the door and gets out before the car even stops. <laughs> yeah. Like, Get the fuck out of there. Woo. I noticed that too. <laughs> he was done. It's interesting considering Yes. I thought that was a very yeah. cool way to explain why he's even doing any yeah, of this. Yeah, it's very interesting. But Veronica is unimpressed by the outside of the lab and not much more impressed by the inside. And there's a piano in the center of the room and Seth sits down and just starts tearing it up with yeah. love is a mini splendor <laughs> thing. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. A lot of people don't know this, but Jeff Goldblum is an amazing piano player. I mean, obviously. Yeah. And that was straight up because you didn't see any cutaway shots to hands. No, it was no, him. No, it was him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like he usually did. Exactly. He he was killing it. He, he was, was uh, tickling those ivories, as they say. <laughs> as the kids say. Yeah. I genuinely hate that. I don't know why I said it. <laughs> <laughs> but Veronica's like, I'm I'm gonna go. <laughs> But he tells her now that she's seen them, he can't let her leave. Sure that she hasn't seen anything, Seth refers her to the two chambers standing on the side of the room. Veronica jokes that they're designer phone booths and insinuates that another covered one is a jukebox. And he uncovers it to show it's not. It's a prototype for the other two. He says it works, but it's clanky. He turns on... His computer mm-hmm. that we all have accepted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the lights turn on inside the two chambers. He introduces them as telepods that are controlled by that computer. The design of these telepods oh, yeah. is very neat. Yeah. Yeah. They could have very easily just been like glass cubes. Yeah. You know? Because yeah. I think that's, mo- that's closer to what they did in the original. But I mean, there were limitations at the time. <laughs> in 1958? Yeah. Uh, Oddly. Yeah. <laughs> but these, they are, like you're saying, these do feel kind of believable. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, they do. There's nothing about them that I'm like, come on. <laughs> yeah. We just accepted as a <laughs> Controlled by this? Okay, yes, sir. Yeah. We were I just understand. as convinced as easily as Veronica. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. Yes. 
But she asks what they do, and he tells her that he needs an object. He asks if she has anything unique to her, like a piece of clothing or jewelry. Mm -hmm. Hesitantly, though, and to Seth's joy, it looks like, (laughs) she takes off one of her stockings, admitting that she doesn't wear jewelry. He admires it before opening one of the telepods and dropping it inside. Now, she very easily could have picked something less sexy, right? (laughs) Yeah. Because I was like, she didn't. Damn, why don't you pick a glove? But all right. I mean, you know, all burlesque about it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But she watches as the door closes and locks on the telepod. We see the computer recording the structural makeup of the stocking. And before our eyes, lightning flashes and the stocking, it doesn't disappear. It like dissipates. Like, dissolves on right yeah i thought you were gonna make a sound effect that they're right. gonna it, it like, <laughs> <laughs> just do the pac-man dying exactly <laughs> <laughs> but we get a shot of seth with the other telepod behind him and lightning flashes inside of it again unimpressed veronica turns around to seth and calls the telepod the world's largest microwave <laughs> He shows her the computer that displays the message teleportation successful and leads her over to the second telepod. He opens the door and smoke comes out. But sitting on the floor of the telepod is her stocking. I thought the smoke was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it added drama for sure. Yeah. It was like a magic act, but <laughs> it made me laugh the way he like leaned into the machine and whispered almost as so she didn't hear. He was like, start the teleportation process. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like... <laughs> I forgot to mention he does sign in with his voice and then yeah, oh, yeah. very on the down low. Start the teleportation process. Yeah, and he signs in basically as Seth Brundle as Jeff Goldblum though. Because <laughs> like, uh, they asked for a name and he was like, uh, Seth Brundle. <laughs> like, you have to say uh to remember your name? <laughs> Until she picks the stocking up though, Veronica is convinced that it's a hologram. She tells Seth that she doesn't get it, but he insists that she does get it. She just can't handle it. So he breaks it down for her. The stocking was teleported from one pod to the other by disintegrating in the first pod and reintegrating in the second. And this will change the world as we know it, as he said. He wasn't. He wasn't this motherfucker yeah. ain't joking. No. But I do think that even after he said that, her reaction was a little muted to what she just heard. Yeah. I, I feel like she had her bullshit like detector up. I think she's like, yeah, but she's seen what just <laughs> yeah. happened. What did you just see? I saw a hologram. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess she do- it does click in her head because when he walks away from her, she turns on her tape recorder and puts it in her pocket. Slightly. Like, I got to yeah. get this shit. <laughs> but she begins asking him questions and he tells her to have a seat while he makes the cappuccino. He's delivered on everything. He yeah. wants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Change the world. Delicious drink. <laughs> But he explains that he hasn't done this all alone. He farms bits and pieces of the project out to guys smarter than him. And he doesn't even fully understand how everything works. He just sticks the pieces together. And since it's all been sent in different places, nobody knows what the project really is. She asked if Bartok Science Industries is financing this. And he says, yeah, but they leave him alone because it's not expensive. And whatever he ends up with is going to be theirs anyway. So he can do whatever he wants and he'll let them in on it when he's ready. I know he doesn't get out much, but (laughs) (laughs) if you take a journalist to your apartment, maybe I just have a background in journalism, but if you take a journalist to your apartment and they start asking a lot of questions, he's like, well, let me tell you. Yeah. And he answers all of them just honestly. He's like, oh, they don't know a thing. (laughs) I thought that too. I was like, Like, he's just going along with it. Oh, this is top secret. Yeah. 
It, this is on the record, <laughs> yeah. Seth. Hate to break it to you. But yeah, just then her tape recorder starts beeping. And this got me because she slid it into her pocket really sly. But it starts <laughs> beeping and she fucking just takes it out and starts changing yeah. the tape. She's like, oh, this is good shit. Yeah. And then just, it's like, what are you doing? But he's like, oh, no, you can't write about this. This was just personal. And she's like, you knew I was a journalist, which, yeah, yeah you did. That's how you but, met her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He apologizes and he's like, I never should have shown you any of this. But she tells him that Particle Magazine sent her to that party to get a story. And this is her story. Aggravated now, he tells her no and insists that she give him the tape. And he says he never would have told all this to a journalist. And she's like, but you did, though. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't get why now. He's like, I thought we were friends. (laughs) But she starts to leave and he follows her asking what about her stocking and she tells him to keep it for good luck before fucking leaving. Well, he shouldn't have kept it (laughs) because we've seen the film. (laughs) (laughs) Presumably the next day, Veronica plays the tape for her editor, Stathis Borens, played by John Getz. And for the entire film, in my mind, I called him uh, Stannis Baratheon. I did the exact same thing. (laughs) (laughs) If I accidentally call him Stannis, just mind your business. (laughs) That's who he is in my mind. Well, because I've never heard the name Stathis in my entire life. (laughs) When I'm typing my notes, uh, word is like red line. I'm like, I fucking know. Okay. (laughs) I know it's not a real name. It doesn't exist. And if your name is Stathis, we're sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Stannis. (laughs) But when she asks what he thinks about it, he tells her that she got conned. The two cabinets is an old nightclub routine. And she's like, it wasn't a routine. I saw it. Just then the phone rings. Stathis answers and tells Veronica that the magician followed her here because she was like Particle Magazine sent me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing was, is it's not like she heard this happen from a source. She was there to watch it. I seen it. And he's like, no, it was magic. (laughs) (laughs) But Seth enters and Stathis introduces himself before telling Seth and Veronica to use his office because he's got to go. It's like, okay, okay, bye. (laughs) One thing that was cool about this I learned from that featurette is that whenever John Getz auditioned for this role, he had a massive headache. And so when he auditioned, he played the part in a certain way. And then whenever they got (laughs) on set for this scene, Cronenberg was like, can you pretend to have a headache again (laughs) (laughs) and that's why whenever he's talking to veronica he's holding his head that's amazing i mean it worked it did and he seems impatient like yeah Yeah. like he's got a migraine yeah he's got to go yeah (laughs) use my office i don't give a fuck i need an excedrin (laughs) but he makes a joke about seth making his assistant editor disappear and then he's gone (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh stannis oh yeah It's begun early. I told you. I had to use, I had to give a disclaimer because I know it's going to fucking happen. But (laughs) Seth tells Veronica that Stathis didn't seem impressed and she admits that he thinks Seth is just a con man and Seth is like, hell yeah. Yeah. It's honestly perfect. Yeah. She says she's going to take it to the people at Omni, which I'm guessing is bigger than the people at Particle. But um, he tells her that he just came to say one magic word to her and like, zombie hand yeah. is like cheeseburger and she's like it's <laughs> <laughs> the funniest thing she's ever heard yeah but we cut to a fast food restaurant and they're eating cheeseburgers yeah. mm-hmm. but he admits that he's been working alone for too long and had the urge to share his project with someone but if this gets out now he's dead both the people at bar talk and his colleagues will kill him because it's not finished yet because something important is missing 
When she prompts her, he tells her it can only teleport inanimate objects. And she asks what happens when he does transport animate objects. And he says they shouldn't talk about it while they're eating. No, they shouldn't. (laughs) 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 No lies detected. No. I was actually eating while I was (laughs) watching this and taking my notes. And I'm like, I'll eat later. (laughs) (laughs) But Veronica says he's not doing a good job of convincing her and the world needs to know about it. And she's just the one to tell them. He tells her she's right, but just not yet. He tells her stick with him and he can be her project. They can do a book and not just a magazine article. He says she can get everything from the background to the process and the book will end with him transporting himself 15 feet through space from one telepod to the other. And he asks if she'll wait for him that long and she doesn't answer, but she looks convinced. Yeah. He's offering her an amazing deal. Oh, yeah. You'd be a fool. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing is that if this doesn't work out, she can still write a book about an ambitious scientist who exploded or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> so, I mean. Make some money somehow. <laughs> yeah. It's win-win. Either way, you're set, yeah. Veronica. But later, she arrives home and looks concerned to hear water running. She slowly walks to the bathroom and pulls the curtain back to find Stathis taking a shower unacceptable (laughs) yeah (laughs) he's out of pocket oh yeah but she angrily asks what he's doing here and he's like i was just in the neighborhood it's like no (laughs) how often does this happen and i don't come home oh shit yeah (laughs) he's like uh i'm taking my midday shower yeah it's my routine (laughs) (laughs) but she flushes the toilet and he screams which he deserved it I read that the flushing of the toilet was improv. I love it. <laughs> it's perfect. And it says a lot about Veronica. It does. Yeah. But later, he's fully clothed now. And she asks how he got in. And he's like, you gave me a key. She says that she should have changed the locks. And he says that he knew she wouldn't. Subconsciously, she wants him to move back in. And so now as the audience, we're like, because oh. yeah. i i was confused about the shower yeah. yeah i was like maybe if you guys are like cool friends maybe i was like but it's like i don't i get it yeah. yeah it's like oh you're just a creep yeah <laughs> okay cool <laughs> so even i think it just sucks for her so bad because this guy he's her editor yeah but they have this history together yeah, yeah. so it's like what are you <sighs> it sucks because it's, it's like are you gonna stand in the way of my career yeah. are you going to give me better assignments because you're trying to win me back Nothing is genuine. No. Especially with this dude. But No, he sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He sits next to her and she moves to the dining room saying that, no, she didn't change the locks because she's lazy and disorganized. (laughs) Like the same. (laughs) But he tells her he was wrong about her new playmate. He's actually brilliant. Just an inch away from the Nobel Prize for physics when he was 20. So it's like. All right. This dude's just not fucking around in a lab. Like, yeah. What's funny is there's a deleted scene where they're standing by the elevator, Seth and Veronica are, and he's on the phone and he's like, Give me everything you know about Seth Brundle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Even the personal things. It's like, I'm glad that was cut. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a bit much. That's fucking Scooby Doo. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I was like, Something should not have made uh, it in. Uh, <laughs> But Veronica says that she doesn't even think she's going to pursue this story. But he's like, that's not like you. Obviously, they know each other. Mm -hmm. She tells him to leave. And when he asks if she wants him to come back later, she's like, give me my key back. (laughs) (laughs) But he says he's going to keep it for old time's sake. And I feel like this scene really tells us everything we need to know about this at this point. But back at the lab, the computer reads that there is a carbon based organic life form in the telepod and measures out the structural components. 
we pan out to see Seth sitting at the computer and Veronica videotaping him. So they've already started their little, you know, project. Right. I think that's, I only have one problem about this film hmm. is that a lot of things happen very quickly. They do. They do. I would like a little more of, you don't, I don't need a fucking card that says two weeks later yeah, <laughs> or anything like that. <laughs> but I'd like to know how long this took for her to be like, all right, I'm doing it. Now we're filming shit together. You know, no, I mean, that's, yeah. that's fair. Because for me, I'm like, oh, this is the next day. Yeah, maybe it is. I don't know. She's like, let's get started. <laughs> <laughs> but Seth initiates the sequence and we see that there's a baboon in the telepod. Where is he getting this baboon? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I was very worried. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, please don't. What is it? Bartok? Are they just sending him? Yeah. <laughs> another baboon, please. <laughs> All right. We got it. He, he works cheap. Because, because he's... <laughs> <laughs> Because he said he's, he's done this before. Yeah. Because he didn't want to talk about what happened, so he's done it before. And why a baboon? Uh, <laughs> I, I just don't know. But anyway, it dissipates with another flash of lightning, and Seth rushes over to the second pod. Lightning flashes there, but through the smoke, something bloody hits the glass door of the telepod. He opens the pod to see a struggling, bloody, veiny, squealing mess. Baboon got a sniff of that fog. Yeah. <laughs> so just a couple quick things here. One, as far as like a technical thing. So cool how they got these shots. Yeah. They matched the camera motion and shot these scenes twice. So one of them, they're approaching with the baboon inside. Another one, they're approaching without the baboon. And they're just fading these shots into each other. Oh, oh man. It's very cool. That's pretty crazy. And very easy to do. Like, yeah. we, could, we could do that right now. We just need a baboon. But <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is there's a portion of the short story where he transports a cat. Yeah. And I <laughs> I thought Cronenberg probably read that and he was like, now how can I make that gross? <laughs> <laughs> Bigger and grosser. <laughs> Because the cat just disappears. Yeah. Oh, shit. And they're like, no, no inside (laughs) out (laughs) cat. But there is a deleted scene featuring a cat that we'll talk about when we get to it. And is the cat okay? We'll talk. (laughs) (laughs) But later we see through the lens of the camera as Veronica focuses on a clearly dejected Seth, telling him to get into the habit of talking to the camera because the world's going to want to know what he's thinking. He tells her that fuck is what he's thinking. Fair. Yeah. As she asks him questions, he unpacks that the baboon was turned inside out. The telepod can't handle the flesh. It only works with inanimate objects. He says it's his fault because computers are dumb. They only know what you tell them. He must not know enough about the flesh, so he couldn't have taught the computer. I like how he keeps referring to it as the flesh. (laughs) Well, the flesh is like a Cronenberg thing Uh because long live the new flesh is from Videodrome. I'm like, he just loves the word flesh. (laughs) It's like flesh. But as I was watching this, I was like, why do I feel like they're going to teach each other about the flesh? Yeah, yeah, for (laughs) sure. Uh, Sex. (laughs) (laughs) But he says he's he's done talking and walks away. Veronica switches the camera off. That night, though... (laughs) Veronica points out that Seth always wears the same clothes. And when she said that, I'm like, God damn it, he has yeah. been. <laughs> but he tells her that he changes his clothes every day. She goes to his closet to find five of the exact same <laughs> outfit down to the shoes. She's like, you didn't need five pairs. Yeah. <laughs> but he explains that this way, he doesn't have to think about what he's going to wear. Isn't that what Einstein did? Isn't that what he says? Yes. Yeah. And the cool thing about that is 
Einstein, first of all, he was kind of a dick. We can get into that right. somewhere else. <laughs> but first of all, it's not a bad idea. I, I thought this was a great idea because I wear the same clothes almost. <laughs> but just <laughs> the thing is, is that Einstein had a quote. I can't remember exactly what it was. There's a lot of fake quotes attributed to there Einstein. Is. But this one's legitimate because he wrote it in a letter to someone. But he was talking about the nuclear bomb that I guess he kind of helped, you know, whatever. No big deal. Um, <laughs> but he said that eventually technology could lead to a depersonalization and he said it's a disastrous byproduct of science and technology and if that's not this movie yeah i was like all right <laughs> okay einstein yeah <laughs> i mean he didn't write it but <laughs> <laughs> but veronica offers to make him steak that she brought and she sits down on the pull-out couch that he's laying on i guess this is his bed because he also lives in the lab yeah. i probably should have said that <laughs> But she asks him if he knows that he's very cute and she kisses him and it fades to black and we cut back on them naked and kissing in bed. And I presumably she has taught him about the flesh. <laughs> <laughs> but Seth rolls over onto his side and onto a computer chip that Veronica literally has to pull out of his bag. It looks very painful. It does. Yeah. He's just like, ah. How hard did he have to lay back? Well, how hard <laughs> was she showing him the flesh? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on. Um, <laughs> because Grow up, come on. Yeah. That was like in <laughs> No, it, it was, was in his back. But I I do think that's a interesting bit of foreshadowing. Yeah. Right. Like technology is uh it's gonna be painful. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. But back to the flush. Yeah. <laughs> uh I I do wanna say this man's facial expressions through this entire movie is a movie <laughs> itself. <laughs> You're not wrong. Just, just let me see him make different faces. You know, like That's he's happy. Yeah, yeah, he's sad. <laughs> he's just, you know, well, how do you feel about Mondays? Eh, yeah, all right, <laughs> well, I'll take it. You know, I, I'll I take it. I do want to point out because it is, as I said, Jeff Goldblum playing Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, but he does such a great performance as well. It's yes. not. It's not just <laughs> him being himself. No, because there are moments that you're like, is that a tear? Who the fuck? <laughs> You know what's like, happening? I, like I believe this character. Yes, yes. It's, it's, it's just great. No, he no. seems yeah. like a real person, yeah. like, genuinely. But Veronica starts play biting him after she pulls the computer chip out of his back, <laughs> and she tells him that she just wants to eat him up. Well, she does also. She's like, "Let me put my dirty mouth on that wound." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. What the hell? Well, that's the she, best thing for it. Granted, she doesn't say that exactly, but she does <laughs> no, kiss that's his a, wound. That's a direct line, but. <laughs> She says that's why old ladies pinch babies' cheeks because the flesh makes them crazy. And you can literally see the light bulb go off for Seth. Mm -hmm. And he asks if she wants to try an experiment and she is down. But we see him cutting the steak that Veronica brought and activate the teleportation sequence with the steak in the first telepod on a plate. We see it dissipate with the customary lightning. It cuts to Seth cooking the other steak and serving it to himself and Veronica. He asks her to eat it so he can get her opinion. So we have the teleported steak cooked and then we have the non-teleported steak cooked. Mm -hmm. She tries a bite out of the normal steak and says it tastes like steak. So he cuts her a piece of the teleported steak. Well, she says it needs some finesse. So yeah. I was like, well, excuse me, Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> She's like, it's raw. Yeah. <laughs> But she tries the teleported steak and she says it tastes funny, even spitting it out before she decides on the word synthetic. Seth surmises that the computer is spitting out its interpretation of a steak rather than actually reproducing the steak itself and something is getting lost in translation. 
When she needs further explanation, <laughs> he tells her that the flesh should make the computer crazy like those old ladies, but he hasn't taught it that yet, so he's going to now. He gets back to work on the computer as Veronica eats the normal steak. <laughs> <laughs> it made me laugh that she pushed the other plate. Like, yeah. no like, but this one. <laughs> but I, I love that because it's not something that's in the short story or the previous film Yeah, that you're having to communicate what a computer doesn't know shit. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's just such a cool wrinkle that they added. Definitely. But in the morning, Veronica leaves with a smile, but she doesn't notice Stathis sitting in his car watching (laughs) her leave the lab. Did you notice his license plate says particle? Particle. (laughs) It's like you didn't, you're going to use your company car for stocking. (laughs) Not only that, but they zoom in on it. Like he works for particle. (laughs) We we knew that. That's been established. Yeah. Yeah. That was really funny to me, but not as funny as this part. Oh God. Veronica goes to a store and picks out a coat for Seth. And (laughs) when she takes it to the mirror to admire it, she spots a clearly unhinged Stathis <laughs> who immediately is like, I followed you here. Like he, he doesn't even, Oh, fancy no. meeting you here. Yeah. But <laughs> I was in the market for, a- yeah. <laughs> he says that she spent the whole night with Brundle and snatches the jacket from her saying that he's going to look great in this. She tells him she's onto something. <laughs> I'm sorry. She tells him she's onto something huge. And he asks what his cock. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, first of all, the other people in the store, I felt so bad for him. You're in public. Yeah. Well, and the the other thing was, is he he goes to the cashier and he's like, don't you think he'll look good in this? And the cashier's like, I don't know what a brundle is. (laughs) You know? I'm trying to work. (laughs) I'm just waiting to clock out. Please don't drag me into this. That would have been fantastic to see. See, you would get your phone. But he's and... not wrong, man. No, he, he is, is wrong. wrong. <laughs> what do you mean? They're not together. They're not together. Oh no, but she's sleeping with dude. Oh, well, I, mean, I mean she was showing him the flesh, well, no, but that's yeah. not of his business. Well, no, of course it's not his business, but I mean she was He's not wrong about what's taking place, yes. but he <laughs> He is he wrong. He is wrong about how he's going about right. reacting no, to yes. it. <laughs> But as if that couldn't be topped, he tells her she's a goddess and thanks her for making his paranoid fantasies come true before dropping to his knees and bowing to her. (laughs) Yeah. You're doing too much. Doesn't need to get so theatrical. He's very weird. I don't know what the fuck. (laughs) But she walks away telling him that they've broken up and she can spend the night wherever she wants. And in my favorite move still buys the coat she's like i'm not oh no yeah this coat's great i came here for this jacket so so now we're back at the lab and veronica records on her camera as seth nervously chews on his nail and they're teleporting another baboon (laughs) you should probably stop giving him dude i'm like how many baboons must die for you to look fly But the door to the second telepod opens and the smoke pours out as we wait in anticipation. Finally, the baboon runs out and jumps into Seth's arms, who says it's time for champagne. Veronica <laughs> looks amazed and Seth and the baboon hug. And it was adorable. Yeah. <laughs> that baboon loves Jeff Goldblum. I yeah. mean, obviously. Because I'd be afraid it was going to rip my fucking face yeah. off. <laughs> but he just hugs him like it's nothing. Literally yeah, a like hug. Nothing. Like it was adorable. I read that on IMDb, I guess Jeff Goldblum, because he was so tall, yeah. kind of asserted his dominance as the <laughs> alpha male. And so the baboon was like, no, I'm, he's cool. Right, he's we're fine. Cool, we're yeah. <laughs> but good for him. Very cute. 
But later they pour champagne and Veronica tells him he's done it. He'll never have to get car sick again. And he expounds on that or air sick or seasick, which I mean, he he's did. right. Yeah. You are changing the game as we know it. Yeah. I thought it was cute because she said or tricycle sick. Yeah. Which called back to the story he told yeah. in the car. Yeah. I was like, they're very cute. They're becoming a couple. <laughs> <laughs> but they kiss and he says next he's going to send the baboon in for tests to make sure he's really OK and that it could take weeks for them to come back. Veronica proposes that they go on a holiday like an old married couple for those weeks. And amazed, Seth is like, is this a romance we're yeah. having? <laughs> and Veronica says it could be. So Seth gets up to order Chinese food and they're going to have this romantic dinner. As he dials the phone, Veronica notices a packet from Stathis on top of the piano. Seth says that someone had slid that under the door, but she opens it to find a mock-up of a magazine cover with the drawing of Seth and the title teleportation, a reality. <laughs> now I'm like, was this a threat? Cause he went through a lot. To- yeah. Cause <laughs> That picture looked cool. It did. <laughs> he had to go to the art department. He's yeah. like, look, I need to piss off. <laughs> it did. <laughs> but make it look good. Yes. Because we might run with it. Right. I don't know. <laughs> but Seth is like, what's going on? And she tells him it's just personal bullshit. He's like, aren't old married couples supposed to share their personal bullshit? Which, yes. Mm-hmm. And she's like, don't rush it. So I'm like, bitch. Yeah. So we we're just about to have Chinese We're having a yeah. romance. Yeah. <laughs> well, she did say maybe. No, it was like, like, it wasn't wasn't maybe it was maybe Mm. it was like, it was cute. She's like, look, maybe. All right. I'm not committing to shit. Don't push me. (laughs) (laughs) But she says that she has to leave for a few hours to scrape the residue of her old life off her shoe and exit Veronica at the magazine. She confronts status with, you know, the packet that he made Mm -hmm. and Stathis is like, well, I decided to trust your journalistic instincts and work on the story. And it's like, you motherfucker. But she tells him it's her story and not his. And he's like, I'm the one that sent you to that party. So it is mine. She's like, fuck. Well, it's, but that's not true. That's not how journalism works. It is today. But he tells her he's dug into Seth's background to find out that he's been working on this for six years. She tells him that she's the one that's right there in the middle of it and the only one with all the information. He's like, look, just keep me informed, you know, as a friend yeah. and a professional confidant. We are not friends. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you not remember the clothing store? <laughs> that was this afternoon. No, we're literally acting like that didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> he says he just doesn't want her gone from his life. So she reluctantly agrees. But then he's like, how about we just have some, you know, sex like for stress relief? Uh, I guess he had to try. I don't know what the fuck. It's like, dude, are you for real? Shoot your shots. Yeah, he tried it. Don't. (laughs) She she says, you know, she calls him disgusting. And then she leaves, which, yeah. But he said something like, well, you gotta. It's like, what? No, you don't. He's just the worst. And he keeps reminding you that he is. (laughs) Yeah, he does. But back at the lab, Seth is drinking champagne and he works out that residue means old boyfriend and old boyfriend means status. He paces around monologuing and drinking and we see that he's talking to the baboon. (laughs) Dude, the baboon's like, my name's Paul and this shit's between y'all because... Sounds like a lot. (laughs) I want no parts of this. I'm just glad I didn't get turned inside out. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) He apologizes to the baboon for killing his brother and says that 
he didn't die in vain because Seth wouldn't ask them to do anything he wouldn't do himself. As he talks, the baboon is very bothered by a fly that keeps buzzing around. Like The baboon's like getting pissed. Yeah. <laughs> I, I read they tied a real fly to a string and we're oh, just like, wow. <laughs> he's like, God damn yeah. it. But I mean, it's better than a CG fly. Which yeah, you know, no. <laughs> I know they couldn't have done that at the time, but still. <laughs> but that a real fly? How do you, I don't know how you... Uh, yeah, yeah, that's impressive. <laughs> They're like, look, our whole production today is based on whether or not we can catch a fly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Getting a string around a fly. <laughs> but Seth says he can tell just by looking at the baboon that he's fine. He takes another shot of champagne before saying, let's do it. Anything could be going on inside that baboon's body. Yeah. yeah. He has no idea of any of it. He's drunk. The steak tasted weird. Yeah. <laughs> <It did. laughs> That's all. The flesh, the flesh. Exactly. Yeah. But later, Seth Brundle sits naked in the first telepod as the baboon watches and the fly buzzes around and then settles on the telepod. The transportation sequence counts down until we see the flash of lightning. To be fair, he has Veronica's camera set up to right. record the second telepod. Very kind of him. Yeah, very kind of him. But the door opens slowly and the smoke pours out. And through the smoke, we see Seth sitting in the same position that he was in the first telepod. He exits and the baboon jumps into his arms. Like, oh, thank God you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was odd if she comes back right now to find you <laughs> yeah, naked, the- holding <laughs> a baboon. It's a little, like a baboon. <laughs> a little strange. It's not what it looks like. <laughs> she is a journalist. She's going to have a lot of questions. Yeah. So. <laughs> But he asks the baboon if he's different and laments that it's just too bad that Veronica missed it. The computer flashes, teleportation, successful. So I understand that he's drunk and he's hurt, but he's, from what I understand, he's known her for maybe a week and he's going to jeopardize six years of fucking research. Well, in his mind, he's done it. Like they were celebrating. He did it. And I feel like he was so closed off socially before Veronica mm-hmm. that this is not just, oh, I've known this girl for a couple weeks. I feel like this is a thing. Like, he's all in. He got bit by the love bug. Right. The love fly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the only thing that I think you said earlier, too, at the very, very top of the show is the the time. Yeah. Like, it's really weird. I mean, hell, maybe they've been working on this for six months together. Yeah. Well, then, and then him wearing the same clothes doesn't help. No. So you, you know. That's true. But that night, Veronica returns back to the lab to find Seth asleep on that pullout. She wakes him and he immediately tells her that he went through. She's astounded because he hadn't tested the baboon yet. And he admits that he was drunk and upset. I was like, all right. Respect the honesty. Yeah. He moves away from her and asks if she's sleeping with Stathis and tells her that he was so upset because honestly, he got jealous. She tells him that Stathis is an old boyfriend. She was a science major and he was a teacher at her college who got her into journalism. It's gross, man. Yeah, um, very gross. But she says he has nothing I mean, well, to be jealous about. Well, being into science isn't gross. Is not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying the he was a teacher. Yeah, <laughs> the abuse of power. Right. <laughs> It's science is it's awesome. criminal. Yeah, science is great. <laughs> Knowledge is power. All right. It's, just, it's fine. Yes. But <laughs> Seth asks if Stathis is still in love with her. And she's like, well, yeah, but you messed up our deal because she was supposed to be there when he went through. He tells her that he taped it for her and they start making out. <laughs> <laughs> and that was supposed to be the end of the book. Yeah, it was. Oh, that was it? Yeah. Well, remember he said in the book will end with me teleporting myself. Oh, all so right. So it was should have been a bigger yeah. to do yeah. than... He's like chapter 12 and just <laughs> fucking gets in. But no. 
But as she runs her hands down his back, we see the scratches from where the computer chip went in. And there are tiny little black spines sticking out of the scratches. And as she touches it, we hear buzzing. Cut to later that night and we hear more buzzing as a fly is circling them while they sleep. In his sleep, Seth reaches out and grabs the fly before waking up and looking at it in his hand. This is when I'm like, okay, something's not. (laughs) (laughs) So he's a superhero now. Yeah. Yeah. You're Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But he gets out of bed and Veronica wakes up later alone and goes into the living area. I don't know. This lab's weird. (laughs) To find him standing next to his piano and he's all sweaty. He sits on his chair and lifts himself up into a handstand and starts like doing, I don't know, vertical push-ups. I don't yeah. know what the fuck. I don't know. <laughs> I've never worked out in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but then he goes to swing on this bar and he's doing chin-ups before flipping all the way around and doing some gymnast shit and some acrobatic moves. Yeah. Now, obviously, this is a gymnast stand-in. <laughs> no, <Yeah>. it's Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum can do it all. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> But wouldn't, wouldn't that be a fucking <laughs> that would be fun fact no <laughs> I'm just kidding but finished he goes over to Veronica who stares at him in amazement cut to them at like a flea market it looks like yeah. mm-hmm. and Seth is wearing the jacket that Veronica bought him which yeah. very cute and he buys her a necklace with a heart pendant which she had said before she doesn't really you know do jewelry mm-hmm. which I thought was cute I thought the same thing as far as like her now, oh, I don't wear jewelry and now she's doing it. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I wear the same fucking clothes. And well, he didn't say that, but <laughs> no, that was a direct quote. Yeah. Um, I read this review from Victoria Potenza. She kind of like analyzed the film. Mm-hmm. And she, of course, this film is about transformation. Yeah. But it's also about transformation in the realm of relationships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this little moment is so important but I just wanted to... No, I totally agree. And this... And I'll talk more about it later because I I have a whole speech prepared. Um, (laughs) Little subtleties like that. Because in in, in another movie, I feel like she'd be like, you look good in that jacket or something. You know what I mean? But no... For for you. (laughs) You bought this. I bought it, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I, I appreciate... I appreciate that. But cut to them at a coffee shop. And while Seth is adding an appalling amount of sugar to his cappuccino. (laughs) He equates the teleportation process to putting coffee through a filter. The process purified him as he went through, allowing him to realize his actual potential. He takes a sip and adds (laughs) even more sugar. (laughs) He's freaking out. Yeah, not sweet enough yet. (laughs) She makes a joke about him taking coffee with the sugar and he barely acknowledges it. He's like, huh? And (laughs) (laughs) continues to say that he realizes he's never given himself a chance to be himself. Now that he's completing his life's work, he can finally be his real self. And he's like pounding on the table, talking louder and louder, explaining that the molecular disintegration and reintegration makes a man a king. I'd be like, you need to chill. Yeah. I don't know if it's the sugar or what. <laughs> this is a lot. He says he's felt amazing since he left the telepod. And then he calls the server over to order a cannoli and just keeps ranting. The funny thing about this scene is I saw in that featurette that when he's talking about the stuff at the beginning of that little thing, uh-huh. that's the script. But as it continues, I, it's just Jeff Goldblum. I, you can feel it, man. You can, because he's just so into it. But the thing is, is I'm like, how did Gina Davis, knowing that the script is done and he's still going, how is she not busting out laughing right now? Because yeah. he's like, the disintegration, the reintegration. Uh, I'm like, you're, no, <laughs> you're not. Uh, it's, it's a lot. 
That's funny. But we cut to them showing each other the flesh in the lab. <laughs> Veronica, exhausted, asks them how he can keep going because they've been at it for hours. He says he's not ready to stop and just keeps kissing her. She moves from on top of him and we see that his face is a little splotchy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably from all that sugar in the cannoli. I mean, yeah. it's, it's probably fine. That's the only thing that could yeah. cause. But her fingers find that spot on his back again. And now it's long black hairs that are coming out of it. And she asks what it is. And he rambles about growing body hair as you get older. And he's panting. And she gets up. And the look on his face is like scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't really know how to describe it. But it's like this is not the dude that we've known the whole movie. Like he 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 looks creepy. Mm-hmm. But she gets up and finds a pair of scissors in the kitchen. He puts on his underwear and follows her, taking a container of ice cream out of the freezer. <laughs> now, in this shot, I don't know if it was just me, but it looked like the hair was gone from his back. I didn't even look. I, I, it may have been. Wa- it probably he, was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's walking to the fridge, and I was like, well, didn't we just see those long-ass hairs on his back a minute uh-huh. ago? I, like a second ago, and that was it. And it's gone. I, I was focused on his face because of the. I was like, "Is he going through puberty? What the fuck?" But because I mean, he's no, yeah, his he's, face. Yeah, he's only got one thing on his mind. His yeah. face is patchy as shit. So I'm like, something's going on. But I missed the back. That's yeah. funny. Well, anyway, <laughs> it's just a trick of the light. It was still there. It's yeah. fine. Um, <laughs> but she starts cutting the thick hairs out of the cut. And he's just eating his ice cream. <laughs> the sound of the hairs. Yeah, no, they're thick. But suddenly he jumps up telling her he wants her to go through right now. He starts rambling again and he tells her that he feels amazing. He barely needs sleep anymore. It's like being on a drug, but the drug is pure. He says he feels power inside of him. And if she gets that power too, they'll be the perfect couple, a dynamic duo. <laughs> it's like, yeah. whoa. Yeah. <laughs> But he pulls her over to the telepod and the whole time she's protesting and saying that she's already told him she's too afraid to do this. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, but the baboon seemed the same. So I'm like, why is yeah. it he fucking bouncing off of well, walls and we shit? Well, we saw the baboon the same day. Oh, that's true. We- this, this could be eight months later. I don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> well, maybe the next day the baboon has pimples and he's <laughs> that's true. sexually Just banging yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or banging. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> But he continues to drag her toward the telepod until she snaps at him and pulls away. He tells her that she's a fucking drag. And it's like, yeah, what is going on? Who are you? But she quietly tells him that when he went through, something went wrong. He begins to dress and tells her nothing went wrong. If she doesn't want to be a part of his dynamic duo, he'll find someone else who can keep up with him. Which I was like, (laughs) damn. Mm hmm. But he tells her she's just afraid of being destroyed and recreated in the plasma pool, which, um, yeah, I am yeah. <laughs> I'm very afraid of that. But he says that she thinks she's the one who woke him up about the flesh, but her understanding of the flesh can't penetrate beyond society's sick, gray fear of it. He continues to rant, saying flesh about 800 yeah. more times. Cronenberg <laughs> loves the flesh. That's all I know. And then he storms out angrily, leaving Veronica in disbelief. And we see him leaving down the hall. He jumps to hit a light fixture. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, why did he run like that? He's and gonna, what the fuck was he talking about? It's too much energy, man. <laughs> It's a lot. Now, it's all that sugar. <laughs> his monologue is very interesting to me. It about is. About the... Plasma pool. Yeah. Yeah. There's stuff here that I'm not smart enough to get. <laughs> but And this is totally unrelated to anything, but flies have great reflexes. They do. They're very, very strong for how small they are. Uh, interesting as well. <laughs> um, also, 
they do it a lot. <laughs> um, but the interesting thing about flies, which has nothing to do with this here, right? Female flies will have sex the one time. Male flies will do it with whoever is, uh, you know, around. So and they have almost an insatiable appetite, but it has nothing to do with nothing to do with. No, this. it's just Can very. You focus? I'm sorry, I just <laughs> love flies. I. <laughs> <laughs> But back to the film, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> it's very bad and mean that he's wearing the jacket. She got him to go get some strange. Yeah. I'm saying the disrespect. And he didn't even put a shirt yeah, on. No, no shirt, nothing. <laughs> See, I won't need <laughs> I won't need that. But we see him walking down the street wearing the jacket, um, eating a candy bar. <laughs> But he walks into a bar. <laughs> sounds like the beginning of a joke. But <laughs> no, he literally walked into a bar and sits down, orders a drink. And next to him is a woman named Tawny, played by Joy Bouchel, who is watching two men arm wrestle. She tells him that she hopes one of them wins because that's who she likes tonight. And he's like, well, I like you tonight. So maybe I should play, too. When one of the arm wrestlers comes over to tell him to leave, he bets them $100 that he will beat one of them. Yeah. He puts down the hundred and says if he wins, he gets to take Tawny home too. And when she gets offended, the arm wrestler's like, this is easy money. Yeah. <laughs> Chill. And at no point is she like, your face looks terrible, Are mister. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because this face looks even worse now than it did at the lab. Mm -hmm. but it's, I'm sure it's fine. Oh, yeah. Um, they sit down after making fun of him for eating chocolate bars and the wrestling begins. His skin, again... And the light when he, it's it's <laughs> yeah. real bad, but the tension and the music mount as everyone watches. The wrestling goes back and forth, and <laughs> I, the hands, I guess, are very sweaty. Okay, I have something about that <laughs> because it was disgusting. According to IMDb, it was supposed to read as pus. It okay, but it it looks like they're just like disgustingly sweaty. I was gonna say it doesn't read as sweat maybe really like infected or disgusting. <laughs> right. I don't know. And the guy's not like, eh, what the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> it's really right. gross. Wouldn't, wouldn't you have said like, hey, whoa, I would like, let go, go of yeah. my yeah. You win, you win. Here's a hundred dollars. <laughs> and Tawny apparently. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Since she has no agency. <laughs> <laughs> but finally, Seth wins, causing the bone in his contender's arm to break through his skin. Looks great. It looks yeah, real no, it looks good. Real good. But Seth stands up, grabs Tawny by the hand, and leaves the bar while everyone stares. And then we get another great shot of that arm. Yeah, because it looks it looks really good. And because they, they all run to check on him, they're like, "Dude, are you okay?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. No. Right. Look at my arm. Uh, the funny thing about this bar scene is that there's a song playing in the background called "Help Me" by Brian Ferry. Uh, He's from Roxy Music. You know okay, Roxy yeah, Music. Yeah. Yeah. But he wrote the song for the movie and it was supposed to play over the end credits. But Cronenberg, after hearing it, loved it. But he was like, this would not fit at oh. all. And so they fit it into this bar scene so it could be in the movie. But help me. Yeah. From the. Yeah, exactly. And it's a good song. <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> but as they walk down the street, Tawny asks if he's a bodybuilder. And he says, yeah, he builds bodies, takes them apart and puts them back together again, which I'd be like, I'm going to go home. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's appearance and dialogue, but he's given off some Richard Ramirez vibes. <laughs> but she's down. She's like, all right, shit. She's yeah. like, wow, that's cool. Um, <laughs> I've always I wanted to build a body. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But he asks if she wants to go back to his place and she agrees, but asks if they can go to some more bars first. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> as long as there's more sugar there. <laughs> Do these bars sell candy? 
But in the early morning hours, they pull up in a taxi to the lab. Again, he looks even worse than Mm -hmm. we just saw him looking on the street. They start up the stairs and Tawny sits down on the stairs, already tired because there's not an elevator. And Seth carries her the rest of the way. And she's like, oh, oh, like, like <laughs> yeah. just amazed by Wouldn't it. Wouldn't you be worried? You, this dude looks bad. Mm-hmm. Then he's, he's like taking you to a warehouse. <laughs> yes. This yes. is where I live. A warehouse. That's where uh, you live. Okay. This is all very concerning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he just broke some dude's arm. Yeah. yeah. But oh, we're not, we're not talking about that. Um, <laughs> And felt nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Let's get out of here. But once inside, she sits in a chair naked, except for her jacket, facing the second telepod. Seth comes out of the smoke once the door opens, very naked and very sweaty. And I'm just like, this is just your thing now. Like, yeah. you just be going through like, <laughs> it's nothing. He's like, I need more power. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But she asks if he's a magician and he says yes before descending on her. And we get a shot of the thick black hair sticking out of the cuts on his back again, which mm-hmm. is like this shit is not going away. Right. In the morning, they sit on Seth's pullout and he tells her that it's her turn to go through now, which I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> we never talked about this. You already won me in a bet that yeah. I didn't agree to. Um but he says it'll make her feel sexy. And she says she already feels sexy. She doesn't want to do that, which I wouldn't either. No. But she offers him an alcohol bath, pouring some of his her drink on his back. And he's fucking not yeah. down with it. Well, it burns. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he smacks the glass out of her hand and says that it hurts. <laughs> But she tries to massage his back anyway, and he's like wincing the whole time. Yeah. It's like um, Buster on Arrested Development, all his <laughs> massages, like just squirm away. Like, oh, yeah, he's not into it. But he grabs her by the arm and drags her toward the telepod. She tells him she's afraid, and he says not to be. But suddenly, in their way, is Veronica who tells her, No, be afraid. Be very afraid. Amazing line. Chef's kiss. <laughs> The crazy thing about the line is that, according to IMDb, it was Mel Brooks that came up with it. And <laughs> Mr. Funny Man. Yeah. It's crazy because that's where this line originated. And you've heard it everywhere yeah. a million times, yeah. but you'd never be like, no, this is Cronenberg's The Fly. <laughs> no, <laughs> you wouldn't. But Seth introduces Veronica as his mother, which, yeah. motherfucker, like, oh my God, she's <laughs> way fucking cooler than me, man. I would have, but she just looks defeated instead of being yeah. like, you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd be very upset, but Tawny's like, I'm not into the, whatever the fuck y'all yeah. got going on. I'm not into it. She gets her clothes and leaves. And Seth asks Veronica if she's jealous. She tells him that everything about him is changing. He looks bad. He smells bad. And he's like, I've never been much of a bather. <laughs> she's Stop like, that. You, you knew that when you met yeah, her. That's not what this is. No. But she tells him that she took the hairs from his back to get analyzed. And Seth starts getting real cagey and picks up a chocolate bar and starts eating it. (laughs) But she says that the lab tech had trouble getting results from the hairs, but finally came to the conclusion that they're definitely not human. In fact, they're insect hairs. Uh, No shit. Interesting. But he tries to dismiss her and she points out that they're even more on his back now and that his face looks awful. (laughs) Can we address the elephant in the room, please? (laughs) But he yells at her that she's just jealous. He's become free and she just can't stand it. She tells him he's sick. And to prove that he isn't, he starts punching holes in the wood frame of the door. Doesn't work. I I am not put at ease. (laughs) This looks like something a sick man could do. Yeah. Yeah, It's like, yeah. 
but he grabs Veronica and physically throws her out, closing the door and telling her not to come back. Veronica sobs as she leaves the building. Back inside, Seth inspects his face in the bathroom mirror. He's like, I do look like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But those thick black hairs are growing like sporadically now mm-hmm. on his face. And he takes an electric razor and tries to shave them, ends up hurting himself and throws the razor into the bathtub where it shatters and breaks. There's something amazing about the shot of that razor. Like shattering. I don't know. (laughs) I just thought it looked really cool. But he looks back at his reflection, chewing his nail again, and the nail comes off in his mouth. He looks at his finger in disbelief and squeezes the tip of it, causing liquid. I guess you said the pus. I guess so. To shoot out and hit the mirror. He starts to clean it up, but stops and examines his middle finger. As the liquid oozes out of his fingertips, he pulls the nail off of that finger, too. Mm. Shocked, he sits down on the rim of the tub and is like, am I dying? (laughs) Which I would also be asking myself. But I wanted to point out the subtlety that Seth has been chewing his finger for the whole movie. Mm -hmm. And this is obviously some kind of nervous habit. And doing it this time, Mm -hmm. it's like, well, there goes my finger. (laughs) But I I like that it's not, why are you chewing on, like, that? this is him. This is part of his character. Mm -hmm. And I think that to that point, it's so interesting to have this thing that he's done for so long that you're like, that's Seth. Yeah. Yeah. And then when this happens, you're like, does that mean he's losing himself? Exactly. Yeah. And I'm sorry, dude, but... At this point, I'm like, okay, I can already tell if this is the fucking chapter two, the bathroom scene alone is hard to watch. It is. What are we getting into? Well, honestly, (laughs) I'm glad you said that because this really feels like a point of no return in the film because Mm -hmm. it's like, shit. Uh Uh-oh. We already see that things are getting worse on him just looking at him. Buckle up, folks. (laughs) (laughs) I'd probably look for some help at that point yeah yeah he's like uh something's wrong with my head <laughs> he's just like huh yeah. he goes, i'll keep this in house yeah <laughs> we don't need that <laughs> no no but now wearing gloves seth uses a computer to analyze his transportation sequence the computer finds a secondary element in the statistics that it's been running seth asks if preliminary element is brundle what is the secondary element the computer responds that the secondary element is not brundle Thanks for all your help. <laughs> no shit. So he programmed the computer to be vague. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Seth chews on the tip of his gloved finger as the computer runs pictures of the elements involved in the transport. We get human tissue and features until there start to be pictures of things that aren't human. The computer finally puts together a representation of a fly. <gasps> I know, wow. right? I leaned in. I was like, wait. Yeah. Of what? Of what? <laughs> what could it be? <laughs> But Seth asked the computer, if secondary element is fly, what happened to the fly? The computer responds, fusion. Seth tries to clarify, assimilation? Did Brundle absorb fly? The computer's like, Mm-mm. nah, son. <laughs> <laughs> Negative. Fusion of Brundle and fly at molecular genetic level. Seth's eyes widen as realization finally washes over him and then it fades to black. So it fades to black like a made-for-TV movie. (laughs) Like we're going to go to an ad break. But at this point, am I wrong in just saying I would just fucking swan dive out that window? I mean, that would probably be my first instinct. Like, well... Yeah. It was a good run. Yeah. I mean, look at me. My fingernail came off. (laughs) This isn't good. And But, I mean, he is a scientist, and scientists like to solve problems. And I feel like this is what gets us through this, is his ability to almost compartmentalize and look at himself as 
part of the project now. Uh-huh. Like, we got to fix this. Yeah. What happened? How do we, you know, it's not, I'm a fucking... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and such a shift from the short story in the original film because dude just becomes a fly. Yes. And he speaks in a series of knocks. And so... There is no character here for you to be no. for him to be like, uh, you know, I think I'm a fly, you know, and talk, <laughs> and think about it. I like your impression. Oh, thank you. But the, <laughs> the um, short story still is very creepy in that. Yeah. that he yes. can't. It's his wife. He's trying to explain to her what's happened and, you know, kind of sends her on a quest to find this because part of him, his head and his arm turned into a fly right. and the fly has a human head now. So John Pollock's disappointed. Wait, so that and that's the other thing is that at no point is there a quest fly. to find the fly. No, <laughs> that it worked very well for the film right. originally and yeah. the short story, but what we're doing here is so much bigger. It is, yeah. and it basically, it's like fuck that fly. Like, yeah, yeah. I, who cares? Yeah. It's assimil. It's not assimilated. It's in. It's you, know, you now exactly yeah. as opposed to it being almost like a sci-fi like schlock crime thriller almost mm-hmm. this is just straight body horror oh yeah. yeah and it's such a bold choice to just be like we're gonna do something completely different yeah we're gonna take that little nugget uh-huh. and then we're gonna do whatever the yeah. fuck we want with it. <laughs> but you're gonna love it hold on yeah <laughs> just wait but back at veronica's apartment she answers the phone to heavy breathing on the other end it's seth she tells him she's been trying to reach him and ask where he is and he says that for the last four weeks he's been afraid to see her so the minute I heard that, I was like, what the fuck do you look like now? If yes. It's been four weeks. And having the original in mind, I swear to God, I thought that she was going to say hello and he was going to say. And so it was a nice change of pace, but it did make me afraid because it has been so long. Be very afraid. Yeah. But he says he was afraid to see her, but now he's not. He does warn her that he's gotten much, much worse, but still begs for her to come see him. Cut to Veronica entering the lab and it's filthy. There's food containers thrown everywhere. She calls out to him and he jumps out of the shadows. We only see the top of his head, but he's lost some hair. That fabulous hair you were talking about at the beginning, it is no longer. And she reacts in fear. With the aid of two canes, he steps out from behind the telepod and he is unrecognizable. He tells her to stay back because it's accelerating quickly and it might be contagious. We finally get a good view of his face and it doesn't even look like skin anymore. No. no. The sores and bumps that were there before have completely taken over all of it. He recites the old, there was an old lady who swallowed a fly. Perhaps she'll die. He finally explains that he was never pure. There was a fly in the telepod the first night um, that he went through. The computer got confused and spliced their genetic sequences together. There's a segment during this scene of his performance where he's talking about the purity, Mm -hmm. where when he tells her about it, he's like, the computer needed it to be pure. And he's just like, you see on his face, he's just like, fuck. Yeah. 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 Like he lives this moment of knowing that he's the one that caused this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very, very, very sad. It's so sad. And that's another thing with his performance is he's so charming and funny at the beginning. This scene it's like heartbreaking mm-hmm. seeing not only physically what he is now, but emotionally like yeah. where he's at. It's like, Oh, it's, it's heartbreaking. And it changes everything because for me, initially I was like, this, this movie is going to be about technology dehumanizes us. Yeah. But when you get to this scene, you're like, Oh, it's about disease. 
Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. About, it, you know, it, particularly in this part of it. Yes. Like, the parallels are very, mm-hmm. very obvious. Mm hmm. But Veronica sobs and reaches for him, grabbing his arm, but he moves away from her. He proposes that it's showing itself as a form of cancer due to the cellular chaos. It was at this point that I kind of noticed that that pus is all Mm -hmm. over his shirt. Yeah. Yeah. It's like caked on. Oh, maybe it's not. Okay, we'll talk about it in a second. Maybe it's not pus. Oh, shit. Keep going. uh, Um. (laughs) Seth says that the eventuality is disintegration and then death. Veronica suggests that they go somewhere and run tests. Maybe something can be done, but he refuses. She asks, which I would be like, why'd you even call me over here? Because this wanted you to see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let me try to help you. No. It's like, well, God well, damn it. <laughs> but he picks up a donut and vomits on it, which maybe that's what's on his shirt. But yeah, yeah. well, they call it a vomit drop because I guess that's what flies do. Because they can't eat like Y'all can we do. Call right. it whatever you want. Yeah. The one. <laughs> the one thing I am thankful for is I read. I can't remember some science article, but every time a fly lands, it takes a shit. And I'm so I thought glad it vomited every time it landed. It's both. Oh lord. Oh, uh. <laughs> so I'm glad that they left that part out. Yeah. They didn't do that. <laughs> but when he sees her repulsion that he just threw up on this donut, he drops it and he's like, oh yeah, that's disgusting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That made me, I'm like, okay, there's still some Seth in here. Yeah. Yeah. But then he nervously fiddles with his ear and then his ear just fucking falls off. Dude. Okay. So Gina Davis's reaction I read was genuine because they they did not tell her that was going to happen. Nice. (laughs) So her fear is our fear. (laughs) I mean... But he tells her that he's scared and she hugs him and he begs for her to help him, which like this is true love because he's got vomit all over him. Yeah. And she just hugged him. But back at the magazine, Stathis's advice is to just not go back to Seth. But Veronica says that she has to because if only Stathis could have seen him, he would understand. After he compares Seth to typhoid Mary, Veronica is no longer open to his advice. Well, there's nothing about what's happening that could even lend itself to even being misconstrued as contagious right so he's just being an asshole right okay (laughs) (laughs) cool but stathis asks if he has permission to claim her body when all this is over and it's like i don't i'm sure that was supposed to be like funny but right not not now i was gonna say it's not the time or place but there is no time no No. (laughs) or place read the room stannis baratheon (laughs) but Finally, he tells her, show him then, tape Seth, and then show him, and then maybe he can think of something. Right. Which, what the fuck are you going to think of? But, okay. <laughs> no, you're an editor. You're not a scientist. Yeah. <laughs> you just want the tea. Oh, yeah, just be honest. Right. He's like, well, on the molecular level. No, you're yeah. not. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Back at the lab, though, Veronica arrives to find Seth crawling across the ceiling like Spider-Man. He tells her that he's gotten the hang of it and has finally stopped biting his nails. Ha ha, Seth. Yeah. Um, But he's lost even more hair since she was just there. It's quick, man. Yeah. (laughs) It's going real fast. But he was also using two canes. And now this motherfucker is like Peter Parker. And well, he's adjusting. (laughs) Um, But as he crawls down the wall, he says that maybe this disease isn't so bad after all because it showed its purpose. Veronica says that she can't stay here because she simply can't take this. And Seth hops down to the floor and like scurries over to her in this weird like Igor kind yeah. of. It's it's a lot. But with a clear view of his face, we see again 
this dude looks a lot worse. Mm-hmm. His skin looks even less human and his teeth are all sharp points. Like yeah. his, te- his normal Seth teeth are gone. But responding to her saying she can't take this, he's like, there's nothing to take. There's a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> but he says now he knows he's not contagious because the disease, again, has revealed its purpose. And the purpose is to turn him into something else. She asks what that thing is. And he tells her he's becoming something that's never existed before. Brundlefly. And isn't that worth a Nobel Prize or two? Now... He's an excellent piano player, but he is not a wordsmith because <laughs> <laughs> he literally just mashed <laughs> yeah. Brundlefly. But he grabs her camera and sets it up, telling her he'll give her a demonstration that she'll want to record for posterity. He knocks the empty junk food containers off the table and then sits down in front of some fresh snacks. Yeah. Which I don't know how he's getting all this food. I, he, I don't he, know. You're not going to the store, I no. don't think. I hope not. You're telling me DoorDash didn't exist? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not in 86. Oh, okay. Fair enough. But he has Veronica frame him properly and gives an instructional on how Brundlefly eats. His teeth are now useless in breaking down solid food, so he uses a corrosive enzyme, like you said, the vomit drop. There we go. He vomits on the food. The food liquefies and then he eats it. This turns into a recording of him. <laughs> well, he's like, permit me to demonstrate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, as I'm talking, I'm like, should I put a disclaimer here? Because it's so yeah. fucking gross. I, the only thing that I appreciate <laughs> is that they didn't show they don't, that. Yeah. Right. Because no. it turns into a recording of him that Stathis is watching in Veronica's apartment. And we do cut to his face and his reaction right. but we hear seth vomit oh. and slurp i'm very sorry to everyone <laughs> <laughs> um but veronica walks into the apartment and stathis calls to her but she runs to the bathroom sobbing he follows her in there where she drops the bomb that she is pregnant with seth's baby he asks her what she wants to do and she admits that she doesn't know now i know there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of transformation happening with seth yes um, I think we need to also talk about Stathis. Yes. I, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I was getting confused at yeah. this point. <laughs> because <laughs> I was expecting, are you fucking like I was really expecting, yeah. you know, but him kind of I think he like sits on the floor or something and is like, OK, what do you want to do? Like, yeah. I was very yeah. like, OK, Stathis, like you're still a piece of shit, but OK, <laughs> like that was I, I appreciated it. Now, there's something in professional wrestling called the double cross. Now, <laughs> I believe it was WrestleMania 14. Uh, Steve Austin came in as a heel. Tell but us, he Grandpa. Left, he left as a, a baby face. And okay. Bret Hart came in as a baby face, but he left as a heel. I wonder. <laughs> I wonder if they're attempting the old double cross here. Now, I don't have proof of that because here's the problem. I fucking hate Stathis. And nothing can make me change right, the fact right. that I hate him. So I don't know if it's an attempt. Um, I feel like I I, I think definitely um, from this point on, we kind of see a different side to Stathis. And I have more more points on that later. But I do appreciate it because I feel like up until this point, you're like, oh, Stathis is the villain. Yes. And then right. you're like, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk more. We'll <laughs> yeah. talk more. I, I did want to point out that there is a, a couple of deleted scenes that come after this scene. Okay. And I'm glad they're gone, but let well, me tell me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let me describe them. In one scene, Brundle is back in the lab and he decides to combine a cat and a baboon. <laughs> oh. Now, <laughs> a cat boon. A cat boon, yes. He does it 
and they come together in a third pod, but in that pod, it is just a genetic mess. Mm-hmm. And so it jumps out, it attacks Seth, and he beats it to death with a lead pipe. Now, Jesus Christ. <laughs> is this Clue? Yes, that's the problem in, in the billiard the room. The yeah. <laughs> now, the big problem here that they all admitted was, how are you going to have any good feelings for Seth after he beats an animal to death? <laughs> yeah. After he mutilates the animal yes. and then beats it to death. Now, it gets even worse. Oh, my God. <laughs> because he runs outside, he climbs up to the roof, and then he climbs back down and he murders a woman in an alley. Now, oh, I almost thought you were going to say he went back down there and fucked that thing or something. <laughs> Wait, no. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Now I'm glad they didn't even write that. But <laughs> just leave it out. Leave it out. Just leave that out. But no, he he does he does a vomit drop on a woman's face oh. and he starts to eat her face and then he's like, "What the fuck am I doing?" You know, what have I, I, I become? Like yeah. I don't like yeah. it. Don't do that. I don't like it. Yeah, we didn't need that. No, no. let this be what it is. Yeah. And let it gradually. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, I'm like. <laughs> this was supposed to happen right now in the film? I know the cat bit was. <laughs> I no. can't. I, I don't like it. But even that's too much. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no. Um. Yeah, no, please. Oh, also a fly limb punches out of the side of his chest. No. And. <laughs> And he chews it off. <laughs> so, I mean... He doesn't have teeth. Or his teeth are useless, That's a great point. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably why they cut it. <laughs> anyway, we cut to a hospital. And as Veronica is wheeled in, she tells Stathis that she doesn't want to lose the baby and asks what's wrong with her. Next, we see her in an operating room giving birth. Because at first, I, I thought she was going in for an abortion. Right. But yes. it looks like she's giving birth. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm Mm -hmm. very confused at this point. But when the doctor is unable to do it on his own, and the doctor is David Cronenberg, right? (laughs) Yes, (laughs) it is. I was like, what the hell? But he instructs her that she has to help him push. And Stathis is, you know, scrubbed up and fucking being all supportive next to her. But he's encouraging her to push. And finally, everyone in the room reacts in horror, including Veronica, who just keeps screaming. The doctor reveals the baby to be a giant wriggling maggot. And Veronica wakes up in her apartment horrified. This was a dream. Thank yeah. God. Oh, yeah. Um, but yikes. That whew. Yeah. I read there was another actress who was involved who was going to play Veronica. Mm-hmm. And she read that scene and dropped out. Wow. <laughs> so, I mean. I mean, it's a lot. It is. Yeah. It's a lot. What do you do with that? <laughs> Um, scream. <laughs> do you raise it? Like, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want a giant fly? No. Giant fly baby? I like that you thought about it. Well, I'm like, could I love it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Back at the lab, Seth types on his computer and we see that his fingers are now misshapen with like gory recesses where his nails should be. Mm-hmm. He types about the Brundlefly project with its goal being to reduce to a minimum the percentage of fly in Brundlefly. <laughs> we get a shot of his face, which is a completely different shape now. Yeah. Like, we don't look like Jeff Goldblum anymore. No, like, it's at bulbous. All. Yeah, it's... it's it, there's like no semblance of him yeah, anymore. No. no, it could be anyone under there. It could be. <laughs> but we know it's golden. The eyes, that's where. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. That's where we have. That's fair. That, yeah. That's it. <laughs> um, and I guess he's naked and even his shoulders and his chest that we can see have that same texture. Right. Like it's everywhere. 
And he types the solution, the fusion by gene splicing of Brundlefly with one or more pure human subjects. Which I'm like, Seth, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. But, and I loved this part. He speaks to the computer to find that his voice is no longer recognized as Seth Brundle. Yeah, that's real tough. <sighs> I thought at that point, I didn't realize he had a workaround. I was like, you're done. <laughs> yeah. That's it. It's over, Seth. Pack it up, Brundlefly. <laughs> but the computer is like freaking out because yeah. it doesn't recognize him. And Seth puts a pencil in his mouth and takes it out to start typing again once the computer stops and a tooth falls Ooh. onto the keyboard. Teeth stuff, man. Teeth stuff and eye stuff for me. That's it. It's too, it's too it's much. A, <laughs> I'm pretty thick skinned when it comes to horror, but mm-hmm. I was like, Ugh, like I winced. <laughs> but we get a shot of his face and more teeth and blood just start pouring out of his mouth. And he just runs his tongue along his gums and is like, <sighs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I guess that's what oh, happens fuck, to me, man. Right. <laughs> But he shuffles into the bathroom and again, he's not wearing clothes and his entire body is only like vaguely human at this point. Like he has legs and arms, but (laughs) everything else, (laughs) everything else. But he looks at himself in the mirror and shakes his head, calling the teeth in his hand redundant and vestigial. He opens the medicine cabinet and adds the teeth in with the rest of the vestigial relics, including his ear and some other body parts. And yeah. I, was there a penis in there? <laughs> I think there was. Because okay. I, I, I was like, whoa. <laughs> the I rewound it and watched it again. And I was like, I can't tell for sure, but I, I've yeah. got a feeling. Well, he's taking this very well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Like I said, the compartmentalization. Yeah, Yeah. Um, He's in science mode now. (laughs) (laughs) But Veronica comes in and he turns to face her and he's hunched over and like twitching now. Like he'll just inadvertently twitch. And it is such a nice touch Mm -hmm. to Brundlefly. I'm I'm just wow. Like I hope whoever said that they were making a mistake in casting him like... (laughs) Got a fucking hangnail or something. <laughs> yeah, I was like, don't, <laughs> don't wish anything too a severe. Minor, <laughs> minor inconvenience happened to them because yeah. they're idiots. Well, the thing is, is that if I'm not mistaken, the twitches were Jeff Goldblum's idea. Oh, man, it's perfect. And it's such a contrast because he was so cool, calm and collected. Yeah. And now he's finicky. He's twitching yeah. like a fly. Yeah. It's just and it's tragic and it's just hard to watch. And gross. Yeah. As cool as it is. Yeah. But he tells Veronica that she's missed some good moments. His teeth have started to fall out and his medicine cabinet is now the Brundle Museum of Natural History, <laughs> which again, still his sass, yeah. you know, but mm-hmm. it falls flat. Well, to Veronica. To Veronica. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she says she came to tell him and then she stops as she starts to cry. She says she just wanted to see him and he tells her that she needs to leave and never come back. Abruptly, he asks if she's ever heard of insect politics. And when she says no, he admits that he hasn't either because insects don't have politics. They're just brutal with no compassion or compromise and you can't trust them. He wants to be the first insect politician. And she's like, I, I don't know what the fuck. You're yeah. <laughs> but he puts it plainly. I am an insect who dreamt he was a man and loved it. But now the dream is over and the insect is awake. And I'm not ashamed to admit that that gave me goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. And then with the music that's accompanying oh, this. Oh, no, yeah. I, it's just so sad. It, it's heartbreaking. Like, I know I keep saying that, but like it <laughs> fucking is. 
But Veronica sobs and the music swells as Seth admits that he's going to hurt her if she stays. She cries harder and leaves. And Seth, like, starts, like, grunting and, like, crying himself, I guess. Or what, it, what how he is capable of crying now. Uh-huh. Or Yeah, it's it's a lot. Maybe this is when he murdered that lady in the alley. I still don't like it. I don't know. Yeah. I, I hate it. I hate it, you too. You can put it wherever you want. Yeah, it's, it's not good. It can open the film. I don't... <laughs> I still hate it. doesn't need to be there. No. no I'm just... It, it makes... I think it undercuts the emotional weight if they mm-hmm. were to leave that in. Mm-hmm. Right. Because this is so hard to watch, but not because he looks like a monster. No. It's because, and again, back to the d- disease conversation, his body is turning against him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He can't do anything to and stop it. There's nothing you can do. Yeah. And someone who loves him has to watch it happen. Yeah. yeah. It's so sad. It's heavy as fuck. I'm getting goosebumps right I- now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just glad that he warned her. He yeah. Had enough to, There's enough left in him yeah. to be like, you got to get out of here. He wasn't like, come closer and yeah. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but Veronica goes outside to Stathis, who's waiting by the car. And she tells him that she couldn't tell Seth, but they need to go and have the abortion right now. I guess seeing him, she's like, oh, hell no. Yeah. But Stathis tells her that he doesn't know if he can range it right now tonight. And she yells at him that she doesn't even know what's inside of her. And she wants it out of her body now. Which, girl, I get it. Um, <laughs> Is that just on a personal level? I mean, I, can't, I just like can't imagine. Like you're doing the eye-to-eye thing. Yeah. <laughs> we see each other. I, I, I can't imagine. Like, well, did you get pregnant before he went through or after? That's the like, problem. You literally oh, don't yeah. know. You don't know what's in there. Well, because they were doing it a lot they later. They were. <laughs> Like when he went fly mode, <laughs> <laughs> one might say too much. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, see, this is this was another thing with uh, what's his name again, Stannis. Mm-hmm. Stannis Baratheon. <laughs> um, how am I supposed to feel about this dude? He's supportive as fuck now. Yeah, he's like he's. It's like I know you were just a piece of shit. You were literally the worst. Ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I feel like I think that this shows that he really does love her because. Now that the chips are down, he's like, okay, let's fucking figure this right. out. Like, I'm here. I know, T, I know. We still hate him. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, shit. But <laughs> I just. You just saw my face. I, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate the character development is all I'm trying to say. I do appreciate the character development. But to me, it feels tactical. He's like, okay. I don't think so. Bowing down to her at the clothing store did not work. <laughs> no. <laughs> Asking the cashier if, you know, whatever did not work. Maybe if I'm super sweet now. I, I don't. And I, I t- and I, you know, get I, take uh, care of this fly situation. Shit. <laughs> Who knows? I disagree. Yeah, I don't I know. I think it's genuine. That's a if, lot to if deal with. If he didn't really love her, dude, I'm so Veronica yeah, fucking fuck who, that. dude? I'm a yeah. ghost. I think he loves her in a creepy way, though. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's a piece of shit. Anyway, they get in the car and drive away. But we see that from the roof, mm-hmm. Seth is watching everything. So cut to a clinic. And Dr. Cheevers, played by Leslie Carlson, asks what this situation is. Stathis explains that Veronica is pregnant and wants to not be. And uh, they have reason to believe that the baby will be deformed. When Dr. Cheevers continues to reiterate that it's the middle of the night, Stathis makes it clear that this is important. Dispelling the doctor's thoughts that this is his child, he tells him that this is a child of a man who is deformed. And excuse me, doctor, that's none of your fucking business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he did. Is this your child? Like, yeah. Are He's you like, going to do it or not? Yeah. Um, the tea, we can talk later. <laughs> but as right you now. said, this is the middle of the night. <laughs> 
but Dr. Cheevers said they seem uncertain and that tests can be run, which to me, they didn't seem uncertain at all. But no. Veronica finally speaks up and tells him that she doesn't want tests because they don't guarantee anything. The baby could even start out normal. She reiterates that she wants an abortion and she'll do it herself if she has to. She's not uncertain, <laughs> is basically <laughs> the point. But in the exam room, the doctor and Stathis leave her to get undressed. And she sits silently for a moment, but the, the silence is interrupted by Seth fucking crashing through the window <laughs> yeah. in the loudest possible way. Flies don't, I guess, make a silent no. entrance. I- <laughs> this one doesn't. But he grabs Veronica and runs off into the night. And Dr. Cheevers and Stathis come in and just stare after them. Like, yeah. Stathis is all like shaking his fist. <laughs> what are you supposed to do? <laughs> I'll get you, Brundle. Did you get like King Kong vibes? Yeah. Uh, from the he... way he snatched her yeah. up and like swung out of there. And then he climbed to the top of the Empire. No, he didn't. <laughs> but... He's all swatting helicopters and shit. <laughs> but on the rooftop, in tears, he asked Veronica why she would want to kill Brundle. He pleads with her to not kill him because this baby might be all that's left of the real him. Veronica sobs and tells him that she can't. She's too afraid. And he just is like, too bad. Yeah. Like, I yeah, mean, it's it's very sad because you can see the battle going on inside yes, of him between yeah. Brundle and Fly. Yes. And so it's like this is probably the last bit of Brundle. Oh, yeah. We got. Yeah, for sure. But back at the lab. Stathis cautiously enters with a shotgun, which he has in a briefcase and he like puts it together and loads it, which is like, motherfucker, you should have done that outside. Like you should have came in here prepared. <laughs> right. I read that there is some like subplot where he shoots skeet all the time and they didn't show that because I guess there was notes. They're like, well, where'd he get that shotgun? It's like people have guns. People I guess. have I mean, guns. Yeah. You know? This is America. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> people have fucking guns. But he hits a key on the computer, which spells everything out. Gene splicing methodology. Telepod one is the transmitter of subject A. Telepod two is the transmitter of subject B. And telepod three is the receiver of genetically fused AB combination subject. So that's obviously terrifying. Yeah. And that was established in that deleted scene with the cat and the baboon. Right. Yeah. But, but this did it just as I, yeah, exactly. this was, this was <laughs> fine. This and is, Brundle didn't beat an animal to death. No, yeah. That's way better to me. Even if it's a little expositional, it's terrifying to see the computer be like, this is what's oh, going no, on. We're, oh, no, we're, yeah. we're about to do this shit. Because <laughs> at this point, I'm like, this fool has lost his damn oh, mind. Yeah. He's gone. But Stathis slowly approaches the telepod and the music mounts only for Seth to descend on him from the ceiling. He knocks Stathis down. Stathis raises his gun, but Seth knocks that down too. He grabs Stathis's hand and what'd you say? Vomit drop? Yep. And vomit drops on it, causing it to corrode and melt away. So you're telling me the hand of the king? The hand of the king. <laughs> no. It's, <laughs> it's a great visual. Yeah. it's This is the stuff that we had seen as we grew up through, you know, random horror things yeah. without ever having watched the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I'm like, this is shit I'm starting to recognize. Yeah. But, and like, he, <laughs> like, looks so happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, eh. Like, yeah. he just looks like really pleased with himself. <laughs> but Stathis understandably screams and falls to the ground, trying to pull the gun over with his foot. But Seth Ooh. vomits on his leg, causing his ankle to just be gone. Yeah. Stathis loses consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> He's seen enough. Yeah. <laughs> Seth hovers over him, I guess about to vomit drop on him and eat him. Yeah. 
I mean, because Veronica calls to him from the window leading to the roof and tells him to stop. He climbs the wall up to her and asks her to help him be human. He brings her down to the lab and explains to her that he'll go through one pod. She'll go in another and her, Seth and the baby will disintegrate and come back together in the third pod. No, please. Even um, scientifically, that doesn't no. make any sense. No. <laughs> Flies don't know science, man. Yeah, that's give true. Him, give him a break. <laughs> We're lucky he's just not buzzing. Right. <laughs> he initiates the sequence on his computer and the pods open. Despite him saying that they will be the ultimate family, Veronica tells him no. She pushes his face away and his entire lower jaw comes off. Yeah. I was not expecting that. No, it's a lot. And it looks so good. Yes. Yes, yes it does. So from here on out, which is very interesting, from the jaw bit and on for mm-hmm. the rest of the film, this took two weeks to film. Oh, my God. Damn. And you can tell, and I saw in a featurette as well, that throughout this, he's a combination of animatronics. He's yeah. a combination of puppetry. And it is some of the best effects work. Oh, agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. But it gets even better. And I'll be quiet. Go on. <laughs> But his skin begins to fall away and fly four legs come out. Like, but I, I, I'm describing it weird as saying fly four legs, but it's like, <laughs> well, four, that's what they call their arms. God damn it. Anyway. Uh, is it really? Yeah. Four legs. Oh, it sounded like a mobster nickname. <laughs> 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 but I know what you mean. They're, they're like, they're like the backwards. Yeah. The knee is backwards. Yeah. And, um, not human. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But his entire face rips away to reveal a new giant eyed face underneath. He throws Veronica into a pod, like literally throws her into a pod mm-hmm. as the sequence timer counts down from one minute and 30 seconds. There's a very subtle bit when his face, his fly face mm-hmm. pushes through and he's full brundle fly. You see his eyes melt. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, that's, that's brundle. That's yeah, it. He's gone. He's gone. That was the only thing we had left. So this is, what the fly looked like that was in there with them (laughs) it's a pretty fucked up uh what breed of (laughs) where the fuck is he from that's why the baboon was so pissed yeah Yeah, he can take all my picnic stuff i don't even want but whatever you want i think because i read that because that was the exact thing because in the original he's part fly Part, part human, human right yeah. this and is a fusion this is exactly right cronenberg said he wanted to make it to where it's what a human fly hybrid would look like and no thanks yeah thanks yeah. i hate it <laughs> <laughs> i mean i love it but i yeah. fucking hate it but stathis regains consciousness and begins reaching for his gun again the telepod locks as veronica looks out at seth who is no longer any semblance of right. any kind of human Seth squeezes himself inside the other pod. With 30 seconds until the sequence begins, Stathis finally shoots the wires leading up to Veronica's pod, and the computer reports that the pod has been basically taken offline. Seth smashes the glass of his pod. I don't even think I should call him Seth anymore. No, you're Brundle going fly. first name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting choice. <laughs> Brundlefly smashes (laughs) the glass of his pod and opens the door. He tries to exit, but the sequence begins when he's only half out. So he disappears with a moan and a flash of lightning. Stathis crawls to Veronica's pod and opens it for her. And she leaves as the computer begins calculating and announces fusion of Brundlefly and telepod successful. 
Veronica watches as the door opens and a screaming brundlefly falls out. He crawls across the floor, wheezing, and we see the mechanical pieces of the telepod are like woven through his body. So he fused with the door. Right, because mm-hmm. he was half in and right, half right. out. Veronica raises the gun and then lowers it sobbing. But Brundlefly takes the barrel in its like claw Mm -hmm. and raises it to its misshapen head. Another moment where it's just like the saddest fucking shit in the world. Yes. I genuinely, when that happened, I felt a twinge. Yeah, man. And (laughs) like it hurts. The thing is, is that this is very close. If you think about character beats to Mm -hmm. the source material. Yeah. But it just in a different way. So again, it's like Cronenberg, like, no, we'll take bits and pieces. Let right. me handle this. But we'll do it our <laughs> terrifying way. But Veronica backs away, saying that she can't. Brundlefly looks up at her pleadingly, as pleadingly as it can look, and she pulls the trigger. Its head explodes and she collapses, sobbing. Stathis watches on and Veronica continues to sob as it fades to black. And then that's fucking it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the film. It ends so abruptly. Yes. I read Cronenberg had said something along the lines of, once your hero's dead, your movie's over. Wow. And so, yeah. Goodbye. Yeah. But one thing I did want to point out is that the first name in the credits is the special effects fucking master. Good. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Good. Uh, Chris Wallace. And I think you know that when your credits begin with the special effects, you knocked yeah. it out of the You're park. done good. And he did win an Oscar for the work on this film oh yeah good Good shit because that was fantastic oh yeah some stuff man they were just killing it in the 80s they were because they didn't have the crutch of technology they're like we'll figure this out and boy did they yeah Yeah. but i have to ask so what did you guys think of the fly i really really like this movie Mm -hmm. like this movie has got a lot of God, I don't even like it's just it's like it's good. Like I want to watch it again. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I know we can go on and on about Jeff Goldblum. And <laughs> yeah, we can if you yeah. want. <laughs> Let's go. But like you said, uh, like the emotions, like the everything, the movie is like and you do you you feel you still feel bad for him even mm-hmm. after he's changed and he's and it's like oh you know it's yeah. like fuck man but this movie is great like i think the runtime could have been a little longer you know sometimes it was confusing like time frames because of him wearing the same <laughs> shit or them just moving the story really fast mm-hmm. you know um other than that i really don't have too many complaints like honestly like i really don't i agree 100% that really was my only complaint is that time is very hard to keep track of. Yeah. After they start dating and they go out and have that sugary coffee. Yeah. <laughs> that's when he either starts wearing different clothes or wears no clothes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that helps a little, but still, um, I would have liked it to be a little longer. Yeah. yeah. Give us more of those relationship beats with Veronica and Seth. Mm-hmm. We can call him Seth now. Cause yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I got to admit, with the Stathis stuff, I was actively rooting for Brundlefly. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, the effects are just unbelievable. Oh, yeah. And the performances, people kind of point to this movie for the effects alone. But Gina Davis and mm-hmm. Jeff Goldblum are incredible. Yes, oh, yeah. Yes, yes. And I forgot to mention, 
their chemistry makes perfect sense because they were dating at the time. I oh, love it. Wow. You can you can like feel it. Yes. Yeah. It just it just works, but I genuinely love this movie. Same. <laughs> <laughs> I prepared ahead of time actually instead of just being like movie good. <laughs> I uh, I have some points I want to make. Um I feel like like you said at face value it can be like the effects can overshadow the story, mm-hmm. but the story is so important um, because there's so many aspects to it. Mm-hmm. I have that this is a story of love, right? Mm-hmm. Both requited and unrequited. Stathis, right? Stannis Baratheon. Um, <laughs> speaking of him, it is a story of character development with Stathis. Kind of, it's like Veronica is this fixed point in the middle of a seesaw, and Seth and Stathis go from one being up, you know what I mean? Right, right. To being down and then the other one being up because at the end of the movie, I know we don't like him, but he was a real one. Like mm-hmm. he didn't, oh, I fucking yeah. told you, like I. No, that's yeah, what yeah. I would have expected from his character, but he like really stepped up. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I said I was confused. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I felt the same way. I was like, yeah, this guy's a fucking jerk. I, <laughs> and then he turned it around and I was like, Ugh. I mean, yeah. And yeah. the thing is, is I did read that there was supposed to be another scene where it showed Stathis and Veronica were together now and they were raising... I, I'm so glad that they... What, a maggot? A normal oh. child. <laughs> <laughs> a human child. But I, my thing is, is he was such an asshole. I don't care what he... He deserved... We're to, not going to work. ...to get his hand dropped. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you know, so I, I understand there was a lot of development, especially fucking Brundle. Yeah. Yeah. His transition, not just physically, yes. is unbelievable and that's another thing it's almost like a like in the coffee shop he had talked about actualizing himself and so i'm like were these dormant traits that since he didn't socialize how kind of demanding he became and forceful he became was this there but he doesn't interact with people so Mm -hmm. this brought it Mm -hmm. out of him and being like it's an amplification of his strength of every good aspect so maybe it was amplifying some kind of dormant assholery that was the flies like beat yourself, man. Yeah. <laughs> do it, do so, so it. So that goo was just kind of turning him into a cocoon, right? <laughs> yes. <I> guess, right? <laughs> but um also we have the fallen ambition right. with Seth literally fusing with his work at the end. Like yeah. we cannot ignore that symbolism. No, yeah. All he was before Veronica was his work. Yes. And that's all he became. Yeah, that sucks. Oh yeah. Yeah. And we have the internal struggle of him literally telling her get away from Mm -hmm. me and then succumbing to being brundlefly and going and fucking getting her and taking her back Mm -hmm. like it's like you're the one that told me to leave yeah (laughs) (laughs) but i mean i don't know i feel like this is such a human story even though the main character loses his own humanity Mm -hmm. like the way i'm i'm just so impressed and blown away I appreciate the subtlety, like I had said, how gradually his skin just gets worse and worse. I mean, it's so gradual at first. You're like, he didn't look like that before, right? Like, you're like, was that his skin didn't look like that before? Like, that's way less hair than last time. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. And then I really appreciated his sugar intake and Mm -hmm. the fact that we never talked about it. We just watched this dude massacre his coffee with sugar he's eating ice cream he's eating candy bars he's eating donuts no yeah and i know you said it too earlier about them not like 
just like throwing it in your face. Like, yeah. You've been eating a lot of candy. Exactly. Yes. It's like, no, we, yeah. we see it. We get it. The jacket. The, yeah. Uh, yes. It was like, Subtle. I, that's, that's, I even noticed that. And I, I was like, thank you for not throwing that in my face. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because they were shopping and he was wearing, and that was the first thing I thought. I was like, hey, he's got the jacket she bought. Yes. Him. Mm-hmm. And he very easily, they could have put in something where he's like, after they realized it was a fly, yeah. he's like, so that uh, explains all the sugar. Exactly. You know? yeah. exactly. And thank you for thank not. You. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and lastly, like you had touched on T about the, how it's so much scarier. Like, you know me, I'm, I'm a pussy. Like I'm scared of, <laughs> of supernatural shit, but like, I didn't expect you to the drop th- the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very sorry. But the thought of this happening inside of you, like the call is coming from inside the house. Like yeah. this is happening in you and you just have to fucking sit there and yeah, maybe you can try to do some stuff to fix it. But ultimately there's nothing you can do. There's, Kind of nothing scarier than that. Yeah. No, and they take on the horror from both sides. This yes. is happening to me, and I love that person, yeah. and I have to watch it happen yes. to them. It's terrifying from both angles. So, I mean, thank you both for coming to my TED Talk, but I think what <laughs> I'm trying to say is I really, really like this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Could you tell? Yeah. No. <laughs> so, I guess that brings us to ratings. And I have a couple things. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Two more um, points. <laughs> all that shit I just said a minute ago, um, plus the effects. It's like, wow. I know mm. we talked about the dramatic music, but I actually really like the score mm-hmm. of this film. Um, it amazes me that they could take something so, in the big scheme of this movie, such a small aspect of that story mm-hmm. and make it this. Yeah, no. That's- I mean, I'm... I'm just beyond impressed and also Jeff Goldblum, Jeff Goldblum, Jeff Goldblum. (laughs) And, uh, but so on a scale from one to 10 spoonfuls of sugar, (laughs) I really have no choice personally, but to give the fly 10 out of 10 spoonfuls of sugar. And I fucking stand behind it. I really fucking loved this movie way infinitely more than i had expected to and i already thought i would like it uh-huh. jeff goldblum and i knew that the effects were great but and also wow. jeff goldblum and yeah. jeff fucking goldblum <laughs> but wow yeah for me 10 out of 10 wow. but i will now open up the floor i um that's very high <laughs> <laughs> i liked it i did too i really really enjoyed this movie i I think that, like I said, the only thing that really hurts it for me is the time. That's fair. And then the ending, just like that. So I mean, abrupt. I kind of appreciate it. I, I mean, I get it, but it's just, that's it. I appreciate it. But you know what? You, I, I can't know what happens to her. I can't no. know what, 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 how do you explain that to the cops? You don't. Oh, shit. No, what do you mean you don't? You, you don't, have to. You leave. And Brundlefly did this to himself. This like, man we have has, a bug problem. <laughs> this man is missing a leg or a foot. Oh shit! You're right. And a hand, mm-hmm. ma'am. What happened? And what rotted that off? Yeah. What and what that is away? that in the middle of the floor? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it it did. It just kind of like stopped, and I was like, wait, wait, wait. No, no I want more. You know. <laughs> to be fair, though, I love the Sopranos ending. So maybe this was just. Oh, well. I, it's right up my alley. And, like, I think, and we're out. I think the same thing happened to Tony, didn't it? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, it does get a, a a full point for Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Woo! It does get a full extra point for the FX because it's great. 
and I don't need any CGI in this movie. Mm-hmm. I just need this. Mm-hmm. Yes. So on a scale from one to ten spoonfuls of sugar, I'm gonna have to give the fly nine. <gasps> wow. I I like this movie was great. Yeah. Yes. And, and I think him just paying attention to him, mm-hmm. Brundle. And yeah. it's like you're watching him, and then like you you said, he's it's just been his work, and then you just see it, and then at the end, he's just like, please, just kill me, stop it, mm-hmm. just stop this madness already. I can't, you know. And then you're just like, fuck, dude. That's something else I forgot to reiterate. He almost plays two completely different characters, at least yeah. at least two mm-hmm. completely different characters, because when you get to the end, the way that he's talking and. His mannerisms right. and how he's all twitchy. That is in no way it's, the no. guy we met at that party yeah, at the beginning no. of the movie. Because he was cool. He mm-hmm. was super cool. <laughs> I want to hang out. Yeah. <laughs> she would not have gone back to his apartment. No. no. Yeah. I uh, totally agree. All the positive points. We've lavished a lot of praise yeah. <laughs> on this movie. Uh, Jeff Goldblum. Right. In particular. I, I think really, again, my only complaint is that bit with the time thing. Mm-hmm. How much time is passing here? We don't know. Uh, and, I, and I do want more time with the two of them mm-hmm. before he goes all Brundlefly. Yeah. But I think the only other real complaint that I have about it is Stathis. <laughs> I, <laughs> you hate that motherfucker. I do. And it's not even like, it's not a matter of me just, because if it's just a matter of him being the villain or whatever, then good. It's good I hate him. Right. Yeah. You know, but it's a matter of him not really earning this these moments from Veronica. Well, I mean, maybe at the beginning of the movie, he was he had that headache. He was, he was <laughs> going through a really hard time. <laughs> That's another... Uh, I know I keep talking, but that's another fantastic thing about this movie. Because like I had said earlier, and I forgot to come back to it. There you go. You think Stathis is the villain. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, no, wait, Brundle is the villain. There's not a villain. No. And that's so good because in everyday life. Right. It's not like that. No. Some people are assholes to you. Yeah. Yeah. But then they go home and they're awesome. Yeah. So So I mean. It's it's just, it goes deeper. (laughs) Can I give it an 11? No. Um, But I I do, because, you know, for me, I don't, I haven't watched a lot of Cronenberg films. Mm -hmm. I've seen maybe three or four. Yeah. This is, for me, the pinnacle of what I've seen so far. Mm -hmm. It is so good. And the most important thing, because body horror can very easily just be, that's fucking gross. Yeah. Right. But this is so much more. Nothing against those films, because I'm sure they have their own time and place. Right. But I like that this has an emotional weight to you being grossed out. Mm -hmm. It's not just, that's disgusting. It's, this is a transformation that he, he's on a path. Right. That he put himself on. Yeah. And he has to suffer through it, and so does everyone who loves him. Like, you're grossed out, but also you're sad. Yeah. Like, you're vomiting, but, like, you're crying, too. Uh, (laughs) 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 That usually happens, but... uh, (laughs) I mean, I I can't say enough good things about the movie, but there are those couple of nitpicks. Right. So with that in mind, I think I have to go right in the middle with you guys. <laughs> and I have to give the fly 9.5 spoonfuls of sugar out of 10. It's, a, right. it's a great flick. Yeah. It really is, man. I 
just blown away. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I was just texting. Have you gotten it yet? Have you watched it yet? Are you gonna? When are you gonna watch it? I'm like, I. It's just because I can't talk about it with y'all. Right? No. Because we gotta that's wait. That's what we're doing here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I so feel like, somebody watch this movie. I feel like this is one of those movies that you could put it on at a party, mm-hmm. and you know. A, People are going to be like, oh, shit, what is going on? And then they're going to start just sitting down to of watch. Course. As long as there's no snacks at the party. No. <laughs> well, yeah. We'll but... eat them properly. Because, <laughs> like, I know we've touched on other movies before where, like, it's good to put it on a party, you know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. to get together and kind of fuck around or whatever. But I feel like this is a movie where people are going to pay attention. Yeah. yeah. No, and they're the going to be like, shut stop. the fuck yeah. up. Hold on. Turn down the music. Yeah, right. <laughs> One thing I did forget to mention is the matter of the practical effects Mm -hmm. because of that much like the thing this movie is not dated no 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 like you can watch this at any time and you're like no it still looks fucking amazing oh yeah and not a lot of films can say that these days no i mean it's chapter two anyone (laughs) (laughs) thought we were done with that we're never done with it Well, that's all from us at Podmortem. What would you rate The Fly and what should we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at The Podmortem. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at Blood and Smoke, at RealStreeter84, and at TravisMWH. Please consider pledging to our Patreon and stay tuned until after the music for a special shout out to our Wendigo Getter patrons. And remember, while it's great to dream big, don't let your ambition blind you to the little things. Until next time. Thank you for staying tuned to our thank you to our Wendigo Getter patrons. Thank you, Ray. Woo! Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that was. (laughs) We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Telepod Mortem. (laughs) You know? Yeah, thanks for uh, vomit dropping by. Oh my god. <laughs> a special thank you to Chris Ontiveros, Kristen Lofton, Megan Martinez, Kimberly Bass, Melanie Van Husden, Sophie Hodson, Anthony Jerome M, Jordan Nash, Kent and Allison Morton, Guy54, Lala Thomas, Travis and Misa Hunter, Miguel Myers ATX, Mandy, Jennifer Perez, Pierre Lombard, Jacob Tyler, Carissa and TJ Bronson. Thank you all so much. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of our prestigial <laughs> heart. Yeah. I was like, I don't know where I'm going with this. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, if we haven't told you this week, we just want each and every one of you to know that you are so fly. <laughs> <laughs> like the insect. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Until next time.